0: Welcome to the St. Mark's Lutheran Church by the Narrows podcast channel. The sermon you are about to hear is from our worship service on September 4th, 2022. For more information about the community and ministries of St. Mark's Lutheran Church by the Narrows, you can visit our website, smlutheran.org. There you will find the full online worship service from which this sermon is taken. And if you would like to give gifts to support the ministries at St. Mark's, You will find options for how to do that there as well. And now, here's Pastor Jan Rood with the Gospel reading. The Holy Gospel according to St. Mark, the sixth chapter, beginning with the 30th verse. The apostles gathered around Jesus and told him all that they had done and said, and he said to them, come away to a deserted place all by yourselves and rest for a while. For they were coming and going and they had no leisure even to eat. And they went away in the boat to a deserted place by themselves. Now many saw them going and recognized them, and they hurried there on foot from all the towns and arrived ahead of them. As he went to shore, Jesus saw a great crowd, and he had compassion on them, because they were like sheep without a shepherd. And he began to teach them many things. When it grew late, his disciples came to him and said, This is a deserted place, and the hour is now very late. Send them away so that they may go into the surrounding country and villages and buy something for themselves to eat. But he answered them, You give them something to eat. They said to him, Are we to go and buy two hundred denarii worth of bread and give it to them to eat? And he said to them, How many loaves have you? Go and see. When they had found out, they said, Five and two fish. Then Jesus ordered them to get all the people to sit down in groups on the green grass. So they sat down in groups of hundreds and of fifties. Taking the five loaves and the two fish, he looked up to heaven and blessed and broke the loaves and gave them to the disciples to set before the people. And he divided the two fish among them all. And all ate and were filled. And they took up twelve baskets full of broken pieces and of the fish. The Gospel of the Lord. Thanks be to God. At the beginning of that story, when the apostles gather around Jesus to tell him all about the things that they have done, my first thoughts go to the people that these apostles have touched after being sent out by Jesus. I think of all the physically ill people who had been cured by the power given to those apostles. I think about all the mental turmoil and spiritual sickness in the people they met, And what it was like for those people to hear the Apostles' message of God's unconditional love and grace. I think of the people whose lives were broken by injustice and oppression. And what it was like to hear the Apostles' proclamation that God's new reign of justice was drawing near. And with that, then, I am mindful of the deep meaning and significance that this labor must have had for the Apostles. I'm imagining what it was like for them in the same way that I am remembering today the testimony of so many people who have had the experience of doing work that has meaning and significance. And whenever that happens, it does seem to connect us with something very deep within our humanity. And for me, that's where this gospel story also connects well with the observance of Labor Day this weekend. I know it isn't a religious holiday, but in many respects Labor Day has its roots in something that is recognized and celebrated by people of faith throughout the world. From the very first creation stories in Genesis, the Bible makes it clear that God sees meaningful labor as an essential part of life. It's something actually that God first models in the work that God does on every new day in the creation story that we heard. But notice in that story how God also gives meaningful work to creation at every point along the way. Even the earth is given work to do along with planets and oceans and creatures of all kinds. Instead of working independently, which I'm sure would have been the safe and easy way, God gives important work to all, including the humans, who God appoints as caretakers of the earth and all her creatures. When we read the rest of that Gospel story today, we see that this is the same pattern that continues in nearly everything that Jesus does. When he sees a hungry crowd of people, Jesus knows that they need food to nourish their bodies. But instead of making food available to the crowd in some magical way, Jesus gives the abundant food to his followers and says, you give them something to eat. You be the ones to share with every person in the crowd this bounty of God. It is God's way from the very beginning, but it does cause us to wonder why. Why does God go through the, the slow and often messy process of using imperfect people to do the work that God could do alone. For me, it all comes back to God's deep commitment to the well-being of every one of us. Just think for a moment about any meaningful work that you do in daily life and ask what it would be like if God said, just leave that alone, I'll take care of it, I'll do it myself. And on this day when we share a special blessing for all those who are going back to school, what if God said, just let me do this. Only I can really raise a child correctly, so step away from parenting and mentoring. Or what if God said, I'm the only one who can truly teach what these children need to know, so stay out of the classroom. What if God looked at all the meaningful work that we do so much of it that has nothing to do with making money, and said, let me do that so that I can make sure it's done right. Without a doubt, our human dignity is intimately connected with our need to be engaged in work that allows us to use our God-given gifts in meaningful ways. But what about the problem, then, of too much work, or of work that's done in unsafe conditions? and unjust environments. In the early days of the Industrial Revolution, concerns for profit and speed of production eclipsed almost all concerns for the well-being of laborers. It was a dark time for laborers in many parts of the world, and the death toll finally forced many businesses to accept new laws and provisions that were created to protect those who worked to put bread on the table. And some of those provisions also acknowledged and affirmed the basic human necessity of rest. And all of that became connected to the origins and the spirit of Labor Day. In the end, when we connect this back to our Gospel story, I think we see that the founders of Labor Day were trying to do something that God has been modeling since the beginning of time, which is a sacred cycle of work of meaningful work and rest. From the Creator who we met in that Genesis story to Jesus who we meet in Mark's Gospel, God knows that those two things are equally important and that the well-being of all is dependent on the existence of both meaningful work and true rest in our daily life. So after hearing His disciples share the news of all the meaningful work they've done in Jesus' name. It is Jesus then who also says to them, now come away to a deserted place, all by yourselves, and rest a while. Clearly, Jesus knew all the needs of his followers. When I ask myself what prevents laborers from getting holy rest today, I know that there are many factors. Sometimes, it's resistance that comes from within ourselves when people choose to put their work over everything else in life. But most often, workers lack adequate rest today because countless businesses and organizations still value financial profit over the well-being of humans. When hard-working people take on two or even three jobs in order to barely cover their living expenses simply because owners and employers and consumers put the love of money above the laborers need to make a living and when states and countries allow them to do this by failing to establish minimum wages that are actually living wages we know that the economic justice which jesus confronted is still in place today when workers in any place experience risk, dangerous settings that turn a workplace into a place of risk for their bodies, for their well-being, for their livelihood. And when workers at any place endure excessive overtime hours on a regular basis simply to preserve their jobs out of fear of losing them if they don't comply, then we know that the systems of greed which Jesus denounced are still a driving force in our time. But we don't have to settle for any of this, because God never will. Throughout the Bible, God's commitment to the well-being of all is inseparable from God's commitment to justice for all. And so on Labor Day and every day of the year, we can be sure that the God who gave us both work and rest is never going to surrender to the powers of this world that deprive even one person of these sacred gifts. We can be sure, too, that God will never stop enlisting apostles like you and me to join the movement which seeks to restore and preserve the sacred work and rest that we all need. And that job in itself is one of the most meaningful labors that we could ever have given to us. Whether it's working for change in the places where we ourselves live and work, or using our voices and our agency and our votes to demand the change that other laborers need in order to experience justice and wellness and joy in their lives. In all of those cases, I hear this gospel story as a holy call to every one of us who are followers of Jesus today. And when we come back to share what we've done, we can know that there will always be a loving voice that says, come away now and rest for a while. It's a holy cycle that God still chooses for you and for me and for all people throughout the world.